0: Good morning and welcome to We Live on a Planet. Maybe it's not morning for you, but it's morning for me and it's Wednesday, April 15th, 2020. This is episode 381, chilly here in Oswego, New York, right now on the lake shores of Lake Ontario. It's 36 degrees, feels like it's 28, highs are going to be about 39 degrees Fahrenheit. Winds are out of the west, 10 miles per hour. It's quiet start, huh? No music, no sound effects, no... Hoopla. You know why? Well, there's a couple reasons. One is I'm waiting for my Roadcaster Pro to come in. That should be coming in very shortly. And then the app um, that we use here is now this morning when we went to use it, it is now paid. It's been free for three, a little over three years that I've been utilizing it here. We live on the planet. And um, this morning I went to use it and decide what sound we're going to be using for the show and music or whatnot. And, uh, that app I've been using now, they want you to pay and I'm cheap and I'm not going to purchase it because my roadcaster pro is going to take the place of that app and so much more. It's going to make the podcasting game just uh, level 11. I'm turning it to 11. These go to 11. All right. (laughs) Let's start off with our quote before we dive into our interview with Riche from Medicine Remixed. And it was so fun talking with Riche. He's a doctor out of New York City, orthopedic surgeon. And I was a guest on Medicine Remixed year, uh, geez, over a year ago, well over a year ago, with D, Rish and D. And it was fun. And this conversation is just with Rish, no D. D is the second half of Medicine Remix. Uh, He is a psychiatrist or psychologist, psychiatrist, one of those doctors. All right, let's um, start off with our quote. This is from Buddha. To keep the body in good health is a duty. Otherwise, we shall not be able to keep our mind strong and clear. Buddha. Thank you, Buddha. We have to um, keep your body in good health? I'm trying to do that best I can. No more smoking, so that's good. I I quit smoking and I haven't smoked at all in months and that feels great. And obviously I'm clean from alcohol. Now coming up on five years, August will be five years for me and I cannot believe it. I kind of look back at the drunk I used to be and I can't even believe it. The thought of drinking alcohol right now just, ugh, I can't even picture it and i'm glad that i feel that way about it now the rest of my body i need to get in shape too the accident was a year ago for me and it really kicked my butt and recoveries was slow a lot of rehab all that stuff all right i'm rambling let's stop rambling let's get on with this interview with reach create yourself a cup of coffee or tea or anything that you'd like and sit back and just relax kick your feet up and enjoy I'll talk to you when the interview is over. So stick around after the interview. We'll be right back on with the interview.
1: Yo, brother, can you can you hear me?
0: I can hear you perfect. How about you?
1: Yeah, yeah, I can
0: hear you fine. Perfect, perfect. Thank you, Rich, for taking time out of what I know is a, a busy schedule being a doctor and especially what's going on right now at these times. So thanks, yeah. for, thanks for coming on We Live on a Planet, man.
1: No, thank you for having me, man. It's uh, the pleasure is all mine.
0: Yeah, it's been crazy. I've been wondering. Uh, there's so many things I want to pick your brain with, and maybe we'll just play a little mental gymnastics if you don't mind. Please. All right. All right. So, wh- what year did you start Medicine Remix? Because I stumbled across you in 2017. Were you guys were you kicking before then?
1: Yeah. So interesting. Kind of you know, story behind, um, you know, Medicine Remake. So uh, to answer your question, we, so we hopped on Anchor probably uh, early 2016, where Anchor was a much different platform than it is now, which is obviously, you know, it's one of the the, uh, most popular ways to host your podcast now. But when we joined um, or, you know, when I initially joined, it was not a podcasting, Platform at all. Um, It it was almost like uh, a voice Twitter, you could say. Like it was almost like you were communicating in voicemails. And one of the reasons I joined is because so D, my you know co-host, that you know we started a podcast back in I would say 2011, and this was when obviously you had to set up an RSS feed. You like remote podcasting wasn't really a thing, or at least the technology wasn't there. Uh, to where it is now. So we, um, you know, at that point, we were, you know, in medical school, and we had, you know, microphones in the same room, you know, D was like, you know, trying to figure out how to, you know, set up the RSS feed. So I, I think at that point, we were using um, Podbean as our, uh, as our hosting, you know, platform. And then we, you know, set up the RSS feed to, uh, to distribute to, to iTunes, uh, which is now, you know, Apple Podcasts. But anyway, you know, after we graduated medical school, um, you know, we wanted to keep that podcast going. Um, we, we, we had recorded maybe only like 12 or 13 episodes. It was very infrequently, you know, uh, published, but we gained a decent following. We were getting like a few thousand downloads per episode. This was like in, in 2011. Um, and then the dream kind of died after that. We were just like, all right, you know, D going to be go- going to train in, in Alabama. I'm going to be in New York. You know, we don't know how to do this remotely. So we were like, all right, I guess that's it. And the thing that kind of changed the game for us, um, is we got, uh, um, a Facebook message. We had, a Um, At that point, our podcast was, was uh, called Last by Prescription. And then we had started this blog in medical school called Injury Duty. So it was kind of under the umbrella of injury duty. So we had this Injury Duty Facebook page. And we got um, a Facebook message from this medical student in Poland, I think it was somewhere in Europe. And basically, the gist of the message was, hey, like, um I'm this medical student you know out in Europe and you know there's a bunch of us out here that have listened to all of your podcasts and we still kind of had like the the hip hop like vibe and element and you know had a lot of the similar uh, undertones to Medicine Remix back then obviously you know we were really into comedy and pop culture and sports so we had all these different elements in in our podcasts um and basically the guy was just like we love your taste in music we just love the anecdotes that you're sharing about going through medical school and you guys are funny. Like, I know you guys are probably super busy now, um, you know, in training, but it would mean the world to us if you kept putting out episodes. And that floored us. That like, absolutely, that was the first time that I personally felt like the power of the internet and more specifically social media. Because I was like, if somebody like an ocean away could uh, like, is, is even listening to us and, you know, was compelled enough to send us a message like that, I call it, it was like dream CPR, you know, our dream died. And then um, we got this message that was just like, you got to keep going. And the fact that even one person even cared enough to send us a message like that, even though it's nice to see numbers like, oh my God, like, you know, it's not just us. That's like listening to these episodes, not just like us and our friends that we, you know, put a gun to their head saying, you better listen to this. Like um, that, that was crazy to us that, you know, we got a real piece of qualitative feedback like that, that we we're, we're
0: fucking with this, you know, yeah. like we love this.
1: Um, oh, am I allowed to curse by the <laughs> way, your pocket? I
0: guess you could edit it later. I, if, I can if you, try if to edit I don't, I've never edited because I decided a while back at we live on a planet that I wanted it to be perfectly imperfect. And so I just uh-huh. kind of go and I don't edit it. But when I first started, we live on a planet, I marked it as not explicit and I and I've, oh, and I've okay. gone I've gone with that's okay. <laughs> I've gone yeah. with that and I don't want to change it now because for the simple fact that it's 3 years old now and I do have an audience and I would hate to have that one day where all of a sudden somebody said wait a minute this is out of the norm it would be like if I was explicit and went not explicit, the listeners would be like, wait a minute, why is he not dropping F-bombs anymore? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: okay. All right, but yeah, I could, I could totally be mindful of that. Um, I Yeah, I, I wanted to ask you before we started and I
0: totally forgot.
1: Um, but, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be mindful of that. And I, I guess shouldn't, you, I
0: you could. Have, I should have told you, I'm sorry. And you know, I, no, I no, no. part of me, part <laughs> of me wants to change it. I, it's funny that we brought this up because I just talked about this yesterday with a friend uh-huh. of mine and I said, I can't change it now. I just can't because yeah. I'm too deep into it. You know?
1: Yeah. 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 Um, you know, I guess if, if you wind up doing an intro to this, you, you can, you know, just say, uh, you know, keep in mind if there's kids in the car or whatever That's what that, do. uh, they're there might be an F-bomb or two, <laughs> right. um, but we'll, we'll keep it at one for now, um, unless I really get into something. But um, so, yeah, I guess back to what I was saying to, to your question of, you know, when we kind of started. Um, so, yeah, I mean, at this point, you know, we're deep in our training. Like, you know, I was working like hundred hour weeks, like wow. just like criminal hours. So like, you know, D, D had a similar experience and, you know, it was, it was a tough time, but like, you know, we, we really wanted to keep this thing going you know, we were really, we really believed in audio and like, you know, this was still a time where not everybody was listening to podcasts like they are now. So it was still early. Uh, but you know, I was desperately looking for a way to keep this going. Um, you know, we tried, you know, different things, but, um, it was just too time consuming, um, like to, to try to like, because we, we would do these long form episodes, like, you know, uh, back in the day, they were like an hour long. Um, and then, you know, D would go back and edit it um, and, you know, put put them up and, and stuff like that. But it, it, it took time, um, you know, so uh, we were looking for a way to do it remotely. It wasn't really working out. And it wasn't until, gosh, it was probably like late 2015. And, you know, I was deep into to podcasts, like, you know, listening to different, you know, my my go to's were like, you know, Tim Ferriss and Gary Vaynerchuk and like, you know, those guys I would listen to a lot. Um, on my um, on my commutes. And, you know, I remember Gary um, uh, talking like late 2015, like about this platform called Anchor, because, you know, he, he was a guy that, you know, one of the things he's known for was kind of being an early investor in like, you know, Facebook and Twitter. And so like a, a lot of people at his Q&A's would ask him, like, what's the next big thing? What's the next big thing? And, um, you know, he, he would name like a, a, a few things like musically, which, you know, is now, you know, TikTok, right. you know, it, at that point, musically, it was still like an emerging platform. And in the same breath of, you know, musically, and he had like one or two others that he would mention, he would consistently mention anchor as this, like voice Twitter kind of a platform. And I kept hearing that. And I was just like, you know, if this is what I think it is. It doesn't sound like it's exactly like the remote solution for podcasts that I'm looking for, but if this turns into what I think it could turn into, um, I think like I would be really good at this. So I hopped on and like I said, Anchor 1.0 was like this voice Twitter platform. This almost like you had two minutes to like tell a story, to sing a song, whatever it was. There really wasn't a lot of people on it at that point. Um, there was a lot of like, you know, not great stuff on there. It was just a lot of people just, you know, whatever, just kind of trying to figure out what this was. It was like exactly that. People were just like kind of having conversations. You had like a news feed, you know, similar to to Twitter where, you know, you could reply to someone's, you know, story or monologue or whatever with like a one minute reply. And then you could kind of go back and forth, like almost having a conversation, you know, with someone. It really was this like audio social network kind of a platform, Yeah. So, you know, I, I I try to do that um, and, you know, it, it was cool. But then I was like, yo, what what if like, you know, no one's really doing any like real storytelling on this platform. I, I feel like this is cool, but like, I wonder if I really could use this as, as a way to like podcast. Um, and what I initially started to do is like, you know, we used to, like I told you, we started a blog, uh, this injury duty blog in in medical school. I was like, you know, what if I could flip some of these um uh, blog posts and, you know, kind of just condense it into two minutes. So I would actually start like writing scripts, like, and, you know, trying to flip these stories. And, um, uh, and I would literally be doing this like in between cases in, in the operating room or like, you know, um, uh, in the clinic, like, I was just like, this is two minutes. I should be able to do this. And I would post very infrequently, maybe like once a week or whatever, and sometimes I would just go off the off the dome and, you know, it would just be like a really particularly tough day in the hospital. And it, I, I would just like vent for for two minutes. And a few of those stories, both the, the polished ones and the not so polished ones, um, made it to anchors like uh, editors picks. I, I didn't think anything of it. I still like again, I didn't really even know how many people were on this platform, but we still had our like individual so- social media pages for for injury duty. And um, I, I used that injury duty, um, you know, name for our, our account. I, I, I wasn't, you know, I didn't have a personal account. I was still trying to keep the injury duty like dream alive. Right. And, um, and so a few of these uh, stories got on Anchor's Editor's takes, they were, they were promoting it on their Twitter account. And then we got, you know, a, a, a bump in followers a little bit on our social media accounts. So I was like, oh my God, like, this is pretty cool. I didn't think anything of it. And, you know, me personally, I was kind of going through an existential crisis in, in you know, my professional life because I was just like, you know, do I do I want to be doing medicine full time? Like I have all these like creative interests that that I want to pursue. And I was actually, you know, really contemplating doing like a non-medical fellowship in like, you know, medical journalism or something. This was like my last year of residency. So orthopedic surgery residency is five years. And so in my last year where most people wind up doing at least a one year fellowship after I was just like, you know, looking at other possibilities of how, how I could, you know, kind of split my time doing creative stuff and also, um, you know, the medical stuff. And that's when I serendipitously got this, um, message to our Facebook page again, um, like, um, from, uh, Anchor's team, their, their head of operations, um, at the time, uh, Maya. Um, she, um, she reached out to us and it was was a funny story. And I I think we, we must've done a podcast about this, like a a while back, just about how crazy this was of a story because they were trying to email us. And, um, I remember when I first joined anchor, I had the thought of like, I don't know how long I'm going to have this account. I have so many accounts. Like we're, we're like signing up for so many things. I have like so much spam and this and that. I wasn't even. And so I signed up with an email that I like never. Checked. <laughs> and they're like trying to like email us because basically they they, um you know, were pitching this idea. They got this, you know, uh, new round of funding. They're trying to evolve, you know, the, the concept of anchor. Um, and they really liked the content that, you know, I was putting out at the time. So they wanted to reach out to see if we wanted to be part of um, a the beta testing for uh, this this um, Anchor 2.0, which still wasn't really podcasting. They were trying to do like this radio reinvented concept. It almost wind up the execution of it was like almost like um like an audio Snapchat. It Went from like audio Twitter to audio Snapchat because Snapchat was popping at the time. They had this thesis that short form audio was like you know the future. Um, that like, you know, five or 10 minutes is like, you know, for the short attention span um, of of our modern society, that 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 was, you know, the thesis that they were running on. So they were, um, they evolved from the two minute audio to like five minute yes. segments
0: um, that you could have. Did that's, you join Anchor at that point? Yes. 2.0. Right when I came in, it was only five minute segments and then it would dissolve after 24 hours.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So this was early 2017 where they reached out. And I was like, yes, hell yes. um, You know, like, uh, I was, I was, you know, looking, looking for an opportunity like this. And so, you know, Maya, after trying to chase us on email, winds up, you know, finding our Facebook page. And I'm glad that she went to that next step. Because if she didn't, you know, this never, you know, would have been, you know, what wound up being like a really wild and amazing journey um, with Anchor up until they got acquired by Spotify. So being part Um, of that journey was incredible. And, and it was serendipitous also because they were a New York city based tech company, which was already kind of unique because most of, you know, the, the big, you know, social networks that we know of are all like, you know, Silicon Valley, you know, kind of companies. Um, So I was in New York at the time they were in New York city. So I wound up actually, you know, going out to meet them, um, you know, several times and, you know, got got pretty close with their founding team, you know, Mike McNano, their CEO, and um and Nier, their CTO. Yeah. And it was super, super cool. Uh, but yeah, in 2017 they were like, you know, we um love the content that, that that you're putting out. And you know, they even um you know uh paid us like you know if we were willing to do um if we were willing uh to do like 10 original minutes a day and they were like well you know, kind of help you with your branding. Um, And they were the ones actually that were like, you know, injury duty when you, um, you know, explain the story behind it. It's, uh, it's cool, but like, it doesn't really, um, you know, tell us exactly what you're about. Um, So they encouraged us to come up with like a new name that was like, you know, more fitting of, you know, the type of content that we were putting out. Um, and the story behind injury duty, I guess, was, you know, when we were trying to think of a, a name for the blog in medical school, um, you know, we were, we were mostly putting out, um, you know, content about like sports injuries um, and like more sports medicine related content. Because um, like I was basically seeing a pattern on ESPN uh, that, you know, there was so much medical stuff being talked about. And I was like, man, this is crazy. Like some of this stuff, like I, I I don't even know if I really know. So I kind of used it as a way to like study like orthopedics and sports Mm -hmm. medicine. Um, so I, um, I, you know, was trying to think of a name for, for this blog. I was like, I could use these like case studies of like athletes getting hurt to like blog about these injuries and kind of like have like a more medical perspective of what's going on. And actually, you know, we wound up getting, you know, quite a little bit of a following on that blog because a lot of like sports writers and people with fantasy teams were using these articles as a way to, you know, kind of learn about these injuries. But the way that the injury duty name came up was, um, I, uh, kept getting these notices for jury duty (laughs) and, um, and because like I have like such a dad joke sense of humor, I was just like jury duty, more like injury duty, uh, like, you know, yeah, like injury, yeah. you know. And um, then I was like, oh, my God, that's that's the name for the blog. So, it, you know, that name kind of stuck, you know, this whole time. And then, you know, I kind of got uh, I got D involved because, you know, we were friends in, in medical school and, you know, we really had this passion for you know, um, education and breaking down these like, you know, complex medical things into ways that people could understand, especially when we were, you know, just starting out like seeing patients in, in medical school, being able to break something down in a way that a patient could understand. Um, it was, you know, something that uh, I, I felt like I, we weren't really seeing. We weren't seeing that uh, our, our teachers, our professors were doing So we really kind of developed a passion for this and we thought like, you know, what a better vehicle to disseminate this information than the things that people already care about, like pop culture, like, you know, hip hop, like sports, um, you know, all these different things that we were into outside of medicine and that, you know, other people were also, you know, really into. And then we could, you know, kind of combine our, um, you know, passion for you know all of those things outside of medicine with our you know uh our, our knowledge inside of medicine so anyway like yeah like um you know these ex- experience outside of medicine was in in hip hop um you know production music production i was a dj and a rapper like in in um you know uh in college so uh we we kind of like used all of those different chops that we accumulated to ultimately produce what you know wound up being um you know medicine remix this like you know mixtape style of uh podcasting um so yeah we changed the name because you know the anchor guys were like yeah the injury duty thing is cool but like you know maybe come up with something that like more clearly illustrates like what your podcast yeah. is about so people aren't confused and you know it was great and you know, they really helped us like, you know, kind of develop our brand and, and you know, kind of build our audience. And they were just like, you know, we'll, you know, if you could commit to putting out 10 original minutes a day, you know, we'll kind of take you under our wing and, you know, help you, you know, build your audience and, you know, we'll promote you. We were a featured, you know, podcast on, you know, I guess at the time it was stations. We were featured station on Anchor and then Anchor 3.0, wound up, you know, they really did the full pivot into podcasting because, you know, they responded to the market. And, you know, one of the things that I think was a real key to Anchor's success is they really built what their users wanted. And, um, and, you know, we were a part of that, you know, kind of behind the scenes process of like, you know, what we wanted, because it was cool doing the five minute segments. But ultimately, um, you know, I think what we wanted, and then what I, I think a lot of their users wanted also was just the freedom to, put out is you know whatever length we wanted um and ultimately that wound up manifesting as like oh people just want to be able to produce podcasts um and the easiest way to do that and that's what they delivered on and i think that's you know what why um you know spotify really saw that especially with the growth of of podcasts and you know that was like an easy and great decision by them to um uh acquire yeah, company I like
0: more they're they're definitely have been good to me i'm just uh you know a small fish in a really big pond and uh they were really yeah. good for me yeah. had been good to me and they'll always be my home as long as they keep doing what they're doing i'm gonna stick with anchor because they just released uh call in with friends version 2.0 where now now you don't even need to download yeah. the app and uh they're really stepping their game up yeah
1: yeah, you know it's funny because when they first started that feature, um, you know we we were testing that, and the original feature actually was similar. So it's almost like they they went back. Um, in, in the beginning, you did not need um, the app; you could actually just um, you know uh, call somebody on on their uh, on their phone number, and it yeah, would just record the call. And then they. And then they brought it into the app. So, yeah, the very first few interviews that we did, we didn't. And um, I thought that was like um, a real barrier afterwards, like to obviously, you know, they want to bring people into the anchor ecosystem and have them download the app. But like from a convenience perspective, like just to do interviews very easily, it it became like an extra step for your guests to then just be like, oh, okay, I got to download this app which like, you know, from the company's perspective, they obviously, you know, want want to promote it. They want to market it. They want, you know, people using it. But like from a creator's perspective, it's like you want it to be as fric- frictionless and seamless as possible for your guests to just make it easy for them. And um, so, you know, uh, so uh, the, ultimately, you know, uh, they wound up coming back to it uh, full circle, which I think is the r- right move. And, you know, it's similar to like video conferencing platforms like Zoom. You just have to like, you know, send the link out and, you know, um, ultimately, you know, people want to use it. They'll, they'll download, uh, yeah. they'll download the app. So I think, I think it's, so it's a too. good thing that they did. I, you
0: know, the story that you just told about medicine remix is awesome because it just makes you think about, like you said, you could have almost deleted that app. You could have said, you know what? I don't, th- I'm, I think I'm done. And so how fortuitous that they found you. And, you know, cause I'm glad I found you when I first stumbled on Anchor. You were featured and I turned on and I'm like, what the heck is this? I'm listening to because uh, it was like, no, <laughs> no other station. Cause they were calling them stations at the time. And I'm like, this station is yeah. done by professionals. This is no joke. These guys are professionals. And I'm like, I think these, maybe they're somebody anchor hired us something because this is amazing. And I just was blown away and I still am happy to have you back. I still have that feeling. You know what I feel better about though? my interview i had with you guys before i i was starstruck and i don't feel that feeling now i was <laughs> that's, nervous no, that's yeah, good I was man. Nervous we'll, you know yeah. i just yeah, I talked yeah. a lot about a st- uh, about a lot of vulnerable things in my life but i was today really just looking yeah. forward to having you on and picking your brain and didn't feel that nerves like i had now if you didn't become a doctor would your dream job be a uh, uh, DJ? Do you think, or what would you do? You, or do you think, do you think you would have taken over your dad's real famous business? I mean, his business is real popular in, in Queens, right?
1: Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's an interesting question. Cause uh, yeah, I mean, you know, growing up, none of my behavior really mapped to me, um, you know, becoming a doctor because, it's not necessarily, you know, I wasn't necessarily, um, you know, really good at like, you know, science, math, like I had to really work much extra like, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, like, you know, especially the science stuff, obviously, but I had to work so much harder in my science classes than I did in like English and history and, um, you know, uh, music and art. Like I, all of my behavior mapped more to like, uh, uh, a career, you know, some Word. kind of a creative field, you know, whether it was like a recording artist, a performing artist or a writer, author, like, you know, that, that kind of a thing. Um, but, you know, growing up with Indian immigrant parents, um, you know, uh, I joke, I'm like in my house, you are going <laughs> to be one of the three D's, right. You were going to be a doctor, a dentist <laughs> or a disappointment. And <laughs> so So like, neither of my parents are doctors, mind you. And, you know, both of them are from, um, you know, very like, you know, humble beginnings. My my dad grew up in a village in South India. I'm talking about like a real village. Not like, yeah, yeah. Not like, you know, like it must've been so confusing when he came to America, when he saw places like Greenwich Village and it's like, this is a village. (laughs) Like, I'm gonna be fine. I'm not gonna have a problem at all. Like where he's from, like even still, like they're living in huts, right. they're sleeping on the floor, they didn't have shoes, like, you know, all that stuff. And and, and they used to brush their teeth, even still, they, they used yeah. to have these neem trees, where they would like pluck a, uh, a twig off of this neem tree and like, you know, kind of like peel the branches. And that's wow. what they would use to brush their teeth, like, and you know, no indoor plumbing, no refrigerator, like nothing. And so like, you know, going back, you know, growing up, especially, you know, when we would go back to India and go back to his village and you know, just just saw like, you know, um, you know, how they live there and how he must have lived. It was like, you know, one of yeah. those things that it doesn't leave you like, you know, I just had I, I just grew up with so much guilt about how easy I had it. You know, like, I'm just like, God, like, this is crazy that people are still living like this in, in parts of the world. So like those early trips back was, was, you know, really one of the things that, you know, kind of created this like almost like pathologic gratitude of just like, wow, like I didn't, you know, I didn't have to struggle for anything. And then my mom, you know, um, she grew up in a, in a city called, uh, Hyderabad also in South India, but, you know, she grew up in like the equivalent of like half the studio apartment in, in New York city wow. with all of her family members, you know, and grew up super poor. She always wanted to be a doctor, but, um, you know, in India, even still today, like you know, you could either go to medical school if you had a lot of money, and you could like buy a spot, basically, or like you know, if you were going to get in what what they call the quote like uh, a merit seat, you would have to be like the top like one percent of like you know your class, pretty much, or like the the entire like country or state or whatever it was. So you know, she always had this you know chip on her shoulder because like you know she wasn't able to make it. She like you know, missed the cutoff by like a few points and, you know, wasn't able to, you know, go after her dream of of being a doctor. So in a way, like, you know, she very much like vicariously, like, you know, like, you know, lived through like, um, you know, her kids and, you know, especially me um, and really kind of pushed me in that direction. And my dad what's so funny is like, you know, when he came to this country in 1978, 1979, the only other people in the country at the time Um, that were from that part of India were foreign medical graduates, people coming over here to, you know, become doctors here or other people with money. So and and pretty much everybody, you know, at least that 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 he knew um, in in those circles, like, you know, they you know, if they weren't already highly educated in India and came over here to become doctors or professionals, they were going to school here or, you know, his uh, his uh, older sister. Uh, sponsored him and um, my dad's uh, older brother to come over. She was a nurse. So, um, you know, she sponsored my my dad and my uncle to come over. My uncle wound up going to um, radi- radiology technology school. So he became like a, um, you know, a, a radi- radiology technician or um, ultrasound technician. And my dad, you know, he he was always a business guy from, from the come up. Like even in, in <laughs> India, he was always trying to sell stuff like purebred entrepreneur, like, you know, he grew up on a farm. So he, he was the one that my grandma would, would, you know, pretty much put out there to like sell, sell eggs and, you know, whatever they were growing. And he was doing anything to get money, like, you know, fixing, you know, uh, chains on bikes, like, you know, bicycles, like, you know, doing whatever he could to, to make money in those early days. So he was always, you know, my grandma knew that this guy was going to be an entrepreneur. And, um, you know, when he came over to this country and my, um, my uh, aunt, the one that sponsored him, was like, you know, you, you should go to school, get your MBA. He was immediately like, no, this is America. This is like, you know, the land of opportunity. I, <laughs> I should have been making money yesterday. Like, you know, it makes no sense for me to go to school to pay to learn how to make money when I right, already right. feel like I know how to do that. You know, I'm not trying to work for and, you know, and he knew he wasn't going to get into like a, a top business school here where in those days, like, you know, if you didn't go to and even now to, to a, a large extent, you know, if you're not going to like the top 10 business schools, like you're not going to get the job in corporate America that, you know, is going to make you those big bucks. But he wanted to start his own business. So he, he knew, you know, very early on. Uh, but, you know, he really got looked down on by his community in those days. And most of them, like, uh, like I'm telling you, uh, were doctors. So like when he would go to these like gatherings of, um, you know, other Indian immigrants at the time, um, he would tell me these stories of like these mm-hmm. doctors not even wanting to shake his hand because they were right. like, whoa this guy works in a flea market. Like, you know, don't even get don't even get too close to that guy. Like, you know, you it might be contagious. Oh, you know, that that. um And like, you know, they, they treated him as, as like a second class citizen, his own community And he always had this chip on his shoulder and he wound up, you know, financially being more successful than any of them, you know, and (laughs) I remember, yeah, yeah. And, you know, like, you know, like definitely had the last laugh and, you know, but, uh, he was at at a time where, you know, entrepreneurship obviously wasn't cool. Like, you know, that was just like a synonym for, you know, loser, pretty much like, you know, this guy didn't go to school whatever. And then, so, you know, coming up, obviously, um, you know, uh, in my childhood, I, I saw how much his customers respected him and how much he loved going to work every day and how excited he was to get up every morning. I was like, I want that whatever he's got, like whatever, you know, I'll have what, what he's having, you know what I mean? Like, and, and so I, I thought I wanted to take over the family business. Like I, I wanted to do that a hundred percent. And I spent so much time you know, in his store, you know, growing up and, you know, just saw how much he loved it and how much, you know, he adored, his customers adored him. And um, it it was, it was almost like, I was like, does everybody have this relationship (laughs) with their jeweler? Like, I was like, it it was like such a, it was because like, he was like part of people's families and like, you know, he, he was like, um, you know, most of his customers were like blue collar, you know, workers in, in, um, in New York city area. And, but anyway, when I, when I told my dad, I was like, you know, I, I don't think I need to go to college. Like I, you know, want to take over the family business. He was like, there's, there's no way I sacrificed what I did so you could be just like me. And I was like, dad, you know, you make more money than any doctor that I know. Why and do you want me to be a doctor you, dad. so everybody much? Knows my and dad.
0: Everybody knows my dad and loves my dad. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was like, why wouldn't I want that? And basically what he said to me when I, when I told him that about him making more money than doctors, he would, he was like, son, like, I, I know people that own candy stores that, you know, make two, $3 million a year, but at the end of the day, they're, they just own a candy store and they don't get the the respect that a doctor does. So he still had that, that those feelings, I think early on that like, almost like that inferiority complex of like, um, you know, I, I didn't get respected um you know by by these doctors and i had that feeling from that point that you know my my son or my daughter is not going to have right. have to go through the same thing as me so you know for him like respect was like you know a big thing and you know my mom obviously from from the other you know point you know really wanted to become a doctor and you know and it's not a unique story by any means i think a lot of you know um parents uh, uh, or children of immigrant parents yeah have like a, a similar story of like, you know, kind of being pushed down this path of like, you know, this is the safe route. This is how you get respect. This is how you get um, a, a good job that you don't have to worry about job security. And, you know, all of that is, you know, in in, in some sense is true, as we're seeing now. And, you know, the COVID-19 situation, like the one one group of people that don't really have to worry about losing their job, because right. what's happening right now is their job or um, are, are doctors. So I get where they were coming from. But intrinsically like, you know, growing up. Yeah. I did not want to be a doctor. And it's something that I I struggled with throughout my life and still struggle with, uh, on some level, uh, having this like, you know, identity slash existential crisis of like, is this what my purpose was? But I think along the way I found the right reasons, but to your question of like, you know, would I become a DJ? I don't know what I would have become, but I, I, um, I definitely think it would have been something, um, uh, you know, in the creative fields, whether it was a, a, a DJ or a, like a music producer yeah. or a rapper or a comedian or uh, a writer or, you know, um, any one of those things. But that's kind of why Medicine Remix has meant a lot to me personally, because it just became this creative outlet um, that I could kind of combine all of these yeah. different aspects of, of who I am and all these different things that I'm interested in and, you know, kind of like. Suture it all together and bring it all to and weave it all together. Um, you know uh, through through the medium of of audio and and yeah, I think it's and, interesting. You know, we we'll see where that
0: goes. That you know, here I can tell you're creative. I know you're creative. I I I know it in you, and I find it interesting. The field of um, doctor, the doctor that you became is somebody who is very uh, creative because being an orthopedic surgeon, you're creating and repairing and building. And and all doctors do that, but really, uh, orthopedic in my mind is really hands-on of creating and being artistic and having to rebuild things. And so it's interesting that you chose that field as opposed to another um, practice. You know, yeah,
1: yeah, and yeah, yeah, and you know, part of that's kind of serendipitous and interesting too. Because so when I was four years old, um, uh, you know, my dad's jewelry stores in in Queens. And um, I remember I was at home and I uh, my mom got got this phone call and my grandmother was living with us at the time. And I just remember my mom breaking down in tears and then just frantic, frantic. And I I was just like kind of overhearing what was going on, um, you know, she was, uh, uh, I still have this like memory seared in my mind of her in the kitchen. And I'm like, you know, kind of hiding behind the wall, like trying to hear what's going on. And from what I gathered from my four-year-old brain, I, I heard that my dad got shot. He got shot in his, uh, jewelry store oh as God. somebody was trying to rob the store. And in my four-year-old brain, I'm just like, um, you know, I, I, from what I know about You know, bullets and guns is what I know from TV, and I thought, you know, anytime you got shot, no matter where you got shot, you were dead. That's it. Like you that you know. So I remember going up to my mom, and I was just like, "Mom, is is Dad dead?" And she just like breaks down. She's like, "No, don't say that. Don't say that." And you know, um, she you know just hugs me, and then we rush to the hospital. And, you know, he was taken to at the time it was called Booth Memorial Hospital in, in Queens in Flushing, Queens. And what happened was, you know, he um, his, his jewelry store um, was robbed wow. um, at, at gunpoint and he got shot in the leg. Um, his, his femur um, shattered. And, you know, it, it, the bullet like missed, um, you know, a, a pretty vital artery like in his uh, in his thigh, the, the femoral artery by just like a few millimeters. So he was lucky he didn't have like, you know, more of an injury than just like a, a, a fractured femur, but winds up, you know, getting treated at this hospital. And, um, you know, it was, he had, you know, a long road to recovery and, um, you know, they, they thought that, you know, he was, uh, he may have some, some issues with like a limp or, you know, moving forward, whatever, but um, he uh, winds up you know, recovering and, um, he, for like a few yeah, years, he like wore a bulletproof vest to, to, uh, to work. Um, like, and you know, that's just the type of duty is for, for some people that are, that have just been like, all right, you know, yeah, the, that, gave up. that's a wrap on this. There's no way like I'm going to keep. Yeah. So, you know, I, I often joke like, you know, my dad's kind of like the the uh <laughs> yeah. the indian like 50 cent you know <laughs> like it just gets I, like you know I find get ridiculous so trying but the um, story
0: uh when you your dad about how he really turned a lemon into lemonade with that surplus of am i is it correct is it jackets that he ended up washing and stuff like that am i am i right that is so interesting. yeah 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 opportunity. so opportunity um, where people would have thought he was crazy and turned around yeah. and it's amazing that do Do you want to tell that story real quick my audience would love it
1: yeah yeah and uh yeah yeah totally and yeah just uh like oh, quickly yeah. um wrap up that last story i think the, the reason the reason i even brought it up is like one of the reasons too that i think Um, being an orthopedic surgeon in particular was like important to my dad is because this orthopedic surgeon that, that, that helps him, this guy, Dr. Pankovich, who, um, you know, uh, he really, uh, my dad felt like, you know, he gave him like a a second chance almost and, you know, uh, helped him get back to, to his life and providing for his family and all of that. So he always like helped him, held him in high esteem. And, um, what's so crazy, it's what, like a full circle moment, kind of tying anchor and podcasting and the story that I just told all together is one of the first interviews that I did was with this neurosurgeon, Dr. Co, who was like a neurosurgeon, but also this like, you know, really ridiculous artist and, you know, I found her on Instagram and I'm just like, you know, I, this is totally medicine remixed vibes. So I interview her and then, you know, we, we sort of kind of, you know, develop this, uh, uh, you know, friendship on um, on social media. And I saw her posting on her Instagram stories and she would do the, these interviews with like, you know, uh, you know retired doctors, um, you know, just to kind of get wisdom from these like retired docs. And um, this one day I'm watching her IT stories and she has this caption that says, Dr. Pankovich gives some um, advice about what it means um you know, to to be a good doctor or something. And I'm just like, wait a minute. Um, and it says like, he's an orthopedic surgeon. And I'm just like, Perfect. how many Dr. Pankoviches can there be? And she's based out of New York. I'm like, could this be the, the the guy that like treated my dad? And so I send Dr. Ko a message and I'm just like, hey, is this by any chance the Dr. Pankovich that was like, you know, the chief of orthopedics at, you know, uh, Booth Memorial Hospital back in the day? And she's, she's actually with him at the time, right? She's doing this like, uh, you know, IG thing in real time. So she gets the message, she responds wow. to me right away. And she's like, yeah, that's the same Dr. Pankovic. And then I, I just gave, I just gave like a quick synopsis of like, hey, you know, this is a long shot, but you know, my dad in 1989 was shot in the leg and, you know, was brought to Booth Memorial Hospital and Dr. Pankovic treated my dad. Um, and, you know, I, I, guess it's worth a shot. I don't know if he remembers, but yeah, he like owns his jewelry store and you know, my mom was frantic, blah, blah, blah. And sh- she asked him and he was like, yeah, I totally remember that. And um, I think one of the reasons he probably did is because most of the time when you get gunshot wounds, like, you know, when you it's kind of a similar story. It's like, you know, gang violence, or like some, some kind of a, like, you know, this is like, okay, I've seen this scenario before. But I think, you know, maybe what stands out is these few moments where it's just like, here's this like, you know, hardworking immigrant dude trying to, you know, provide for his family, his store got robbed. And, you know, probably my mom probably really stuck out because, you know, she could um, be be a memorable figure in a lot of ways just by, by how, you know, frantic she probably was. And, you know, she, um, <laughs> you know, probably asked a, a ton of questions and, you know, whatever it was. But uh but he, he was like, yeah, I totally I totally remember, um, you know, that case. And then she told him that, oh, his his son wound up becoming an orthopedic surgeon. And the guy just started he just starts tearing yeah. up and crying like, you know, so moved by like yeah. the mystery that is life, you know, um, so uh yeah like it um you know it's definitely um you know one of those one of those uh one of those stories that's just like a provo- I call it like a profound coincidence that like what are the chances that you know could even close that loop so hopefully you know one day I could even make like a, a short documentary
0: just about that that story or short podcast episode It is crazy um, but I, 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 uh, yeah crazy is, right I don't Isn't know that, there, it, it's yeah. big yeah we have how many people on it but a lot of times there's that uh what is it six degrees of uh, Kevin Bacon or whatever you know what I mean there's things you start realizing you're like wow yeah yeah, yeah. I thought that's crazy
1: yeah yeah no 100% but um yeah you asked me to tell you about you know my dad's uh kind of come up like turning point moment so like you know I told you you know he when when he came to this country my 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 um Aunt really wanted him to get an education. He was like, no. And she was basically like, all right, then you're not going to be living under my roof, you know, kind of like the mom figure. Like, then he was like, okay. He wound up getting, you know, a few odd jobs, um, you know, uh, in sales. Like he was selling clothes, like in a flea market. And, you know, he wound up um, working at a a jewelry store, you know, at the time, kind of, you know, learning, um, you know, uh, he just wanted any kind of a sales job. He didn't care what it was. He just wanted to sell, you know, and, and learn how to sell, learn kind of the the inner workings of a business. And, you know, at, learning about gold and jewelry, he was like, I think this is a good business. You know, I feel like, you know, no matter what, like, you know, gold is like one of these investments that, you know, yeah. is is, is, is going to be a smart investment. So his dream was to, to start a jewelry store. And he would, um, you know, uh, tell me these stories of like, you know, during his lunch hour, he would pretty much just um kind of study the goldsmiths and see how like they were you know molding gold and how they were doing repairs and um you know one of these you know days like you know uh one of the goldsmiths was just like hey you stand here every day like kind of like you know stalking us do you actually want to like give this a try and he was like oh yeah like yeah this is amazing so he would literally spend his lunch hours like with these goldsmiths and they would teach him you know how to do all this stuff and he um you know, it was just always like had this dream of starting his uh, jewelry store, but he just didn't have the money. But once he saved up enough money, he was just like, you know, maybe um, I could sell clothes, you know, and build up to, you know, uh, um, you know, uh, opening a jewelry store. I just don't have the money right now to have an inventory and, you know, um, you know, for jewelry. But I think I have enough money to have an inventory for clothes. So, you know, he was doing all right, like, but, you know, he really was, had no experience like running his own business. And he was like, kind of just learning things like, you know, on the street, like, you know, different marketing, you know, kind of techniques of, you know, how to price his things, how to like entice people to buy, but wasn't really doing that well. And he, um, you know, always had his ear to the street. And one day he heard that there was a shipment from Macy's um, coming in from, I think, India, And had these designer clothes that were coming in that were selling retail for like, you know, 100, 120 bucks. And um, somehow like the shipment got damaged because like mold started growing on on the clothes and Macy's was about to like, you know, uh, throw all of these clothes out. So he, um, you know, gets a call from, you know, the distributor or something like that, that, you know, kind of, you know, knows (laughs) that my dad's like this, like hustler kind of kind of kid and was just like, hey, um, you know, this is what happened. I'm trying to get rid of these clothes. And um, would uh, would you be interested? And he was just like, all right, you know, give me. Give me like a few pairs of them. Let me see if like uh, th- this is something that I- I'd be able to do. Um, and um, so he he takes like, you know, like 10, 10 of the pieces like home. And um, he was just like, you know, how am, how am I going to be able to like flip these? Like I'll be-, be able to get them for real cheap, but no one's going to buy them with all this mold on it. And, um, he's like thinking about it. He's like having a few beers, like, you know, pondering at like, you know, what, what, what is next, next moves were going to be. And he was living with like a bunch of roommates at the time. And one of the roommates was just like, Hey, um, do we have any bleach left? Like, um, and he, he was just like, Oh shit. Yeah. Like, right, I'm just right. gonna Bleach the shit out of these clothes. Like I, that that's the, he was just like, Oh no, we, we don't have any bleach left, but um, I'll go with you to the store. He got like a ton of bleach. And he just started like bleaching these clothes like in his bathtub and it wound up like obviously taking the color out of the, the, the clothes and created this like weird like tie dye kind of a look. And he was just like, huh, that's interesting. I was just like, and he was just like, I think people would maybe buy this, you know, let's see. And like the next day in uh, his store, he um, he sold out of these clothes like in, in like a few minutes because like, you know, these were designer clothes that were selling for over a hundred bucks in Macy's. And he, he sold them for like, I don't know, like half the price or, you know, even like a third of the price. And he was just like, all right, I, I think um, I have an idea. So he goes um, back to the distributor guy, gets all of this entire yeah. shipment. Hey, you still there? Okay, um, he gets he, he gets all the pieces and he was just like, I. There's no way that I can bleach all these clothes in my bathtub. Um, he he buys the whole shipment for like I don't know, like 000, a thousand bucks, few thousand bucks, whatever. It was like his life savings at that point. And he goes to the um, he goes to the the dry cleaner or the laundromat like uh, down his street. And he goes to the la- the, la- the the owner and he was like, Hey, how much money do you make here a day? And you know, this was like the the early '80s or you know late '70s. And the guy was like. $500 a day. And he was like, all right, I'm going to give you $600 a day. Um, if you just let me use this laundromat, I'm going to, I'm going to need it for a few days. And the guy was like, okay, sounds like a good deal to me. Um, so he closed his laundromat down. They had however many machines. My dad brought in all, uh, all the clothes and, you know, just bleached them and um, wound up having this whole new inventory of clothes and he, he just made an insane profit, you know, like three, 400, 500% profit on what he invested in, um, in those damaged goods that he was able to flip. Um, and then that was his turning point. He had enough money then to then that transition into jewelry. Amazing. And start so a, many a people would start. have
0: just turned and run from that and just said, I'm not going to, I'm not going to take somebody else's headache. And I, that is just an amazing I, I, that's the story of a true, like uh, American dream story to me. Yeah. That's amazing. That is amazing. Yeah. Wow.
1: He's got some good ones, man. He's got a lot of good stories. Like, you know, one of the things that, you know, I was trying to do for a little bit. and I, I want to get, get back to it. I I started a podcast for him. You might've heard him. Yeah. I did two episodes. Yeah, I want to keep it going just because, like, I feel like this is such a great way, if nothing else, even if it doesn't turn into anything, you know, there's no, you know, movie being, you know, adapted from from these episodes. If nothing else, these are, like, just good stories to share to my kids and my kids' kids and the next generation. Like, this is how, like, the generations kind of live on, you know, like, we're, right? Like, you know, we're the first generation kind of living in this, like, this internet world where... Yeah. You know, everything that we put out there kind of like lives on forever. But then all of these stories of our, you know, like, you know, I wish I had like, you know, something like that from my grandparents or my yeah. great grandparents to like learn what their life was like. Um, and you know, kind of the the you know, um the the interesting things that they went through that uh, I'll, you know, never go through or have to go through. Um, so you know, if nothing else, I think, you know, kind of leaving that as like a like an audio, uh, audio photo album or something like an audio blog, like for your, um, for, for the generations to come, I think is like a really I valuable I say kind of exercise to do. Exactly
0: what you said on my podcast all, all, often that I would have loved to have heard what my great grandparents would have said. So we're leaving some kind of legacy. And right now, which, you know, podcasts you got in or way later, or excuse me, early into the game but um right now podcasting i think is only like 14 years old so it's still in black and white you know in this in the sense of like tv sense so it's still so new yeah and it's i think it is going to just keep blowing up more and more and uh more people are going to jump onto it and realize like you said that you can leave some kind of audio diary and have it always there and it, that that's i like that idea it's groovy Man, this was fun. Yeah. I appreciate your yeah, time. 100%. I got a couple yeah. rapid fires that I want to ask you. Yeah. All right. So, Elvis or Beatles? Yeah, please. Yeah, yeah. Beatles. Uh, pineapple on pizza? Beatles. Uh, um, yeah. That's what my, my wife likes. With jalapeno. Like that too.
1: Yes. Uh, <laughs> I love that juxtaposition, but yeah, maybe <laughs> just plain pineapple. I would, that would yeah, have to okay. be a no. But pineapple plus jalapeno, yes. Yeah. Do
0: you have one that sticks out?
1: Ooh, favorite song. Um, The one that comes to mind that um uh, I love is kind of like a sleeper underrated hit is... Um, uh, called get free by major laser um yeah diplo oh, and, your favorite, and major that's laser your go-to uh, and how about one a, of my favorite
0: favorite movie or a favorite tv show like your favorite movie where you can always watch it over and over uh oh, the one that comes to one. mind yeah. is the shawshank yeah, redemption classic
1: yeah awesome. yeah i yeah, lo- love that one yeah i I kind of relate to Tim Robbins's character. Like, sometimes I feel like, you know, um, being in medicine <laughs> sometimes is kind of like being in a prison. And I feel like I'm I'm Tim, Tim Robbins, like just slowly chiseling away, like through the wall, like to yeah. kind of tunnel out of my prison. And I thank, you. I and thank I guess, you for what but, you do um, as a
0: doctor, but no, and, I, I, you know, yeah. saving lives and touching people the way you do, and you know, you're going to do what happened with your father and there's going to be a little boy or a little girl that's going to be inspired by you and they're going to in turn do what you did. And I can feel it. Cause I know you're that type of person who you care and that's, you know, a part of making an awesome doctor and a great person as well. So I can tell you'll, you'll touch lives in great ways. I mean that. Um, thank you so I much for your that, time. Man. I know you're so busy and I, I hope you stay healthy and everything like that. And, uh, I just appreciate your time.
1: No, of course, brother. And, um, you know, let me just say, you know, I, um, you know, we, we've interacted. You yeah. it you know, It's been I like two years already. October of or, 2017. Yeah. 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 No, and you know, just seeing you evolve, man, as, as, as a podcaster and like, you know, like I've always said. Like, you know, you just have like an amazing voice, both like, you know, how it sounds and also just like your perspective and your ability to be vulnerable and share your story. And, you know, just like just being a good, um, you know, listener. And um, yeah, I, it, it, it speaks volumes to, you know, why you've been so successful with your with your podcast and um I um, yeah, I'm I'm just glad to uh, glad
0: that to means that means a lot be to be on me. the show. I, you know, I I, I really I do appreciate this because it because yeah. I I get something out of it. But when I hear somebody say something like that, it gives me that CPR charge, like you said. So thank you,
1: a hundred percent, man. Yeah, All right, my and, friend, um, have a good looking one. Looking forward stay to uh, okay. connecting again.
0: All right, peace welcome back welcome back welcome back i just can't do it the same i I can't do it the same as welcome back kata all right how was it wasn't that fun i really enjoyed my conversation slash interview whatever it was with reish and it was just a blast it was fun just to kind of pick his brain a little bit and talk to him about being a doctor and then the story with his dad how cool that was and interesting, you know, just a a fun time. We have more coming up too. We have, um, the 22nd is my interview with Eddie green from Eddie greens, one Oh one. And then the 29th of this month is with director Andy Palmer. So that's coming up. And then I also have, um, the 13th, I'm going to be recording with cat O'Keefe. I had to reschedule with her because I got my mysterious illness So we'll be doing with her. I also have an interview with uh, Dr. Get Ahead Space, who's a doctor out in England, and I'm going to be talking to her. Also, I'm going to be interviewing Hugo Torres from Hugo's Post, and that will be fun. And so, yeah, we've got a lot of, I'm also interviewing, excuse me, Horace from Universe, the Universe app that we use that powers We Live on a Planet website. Excuse me for one minute. I was able to mute my mic and clear my throat. Let me clear my throat. All right. So if you have not subscribed to my website, WLOAP.com, what are you waiting for? I have a giveaway where I'm giving away over $50 worth of value of stuff. All you have to do is subscribe and you're instantly entered to win. It's that easy. WLOAP.com dot com. And then from there, too, when you're over there, you can always leave me a voice message to be a part of the show. That would be great. I have an email, too, so if you want to leave any messages, I got a message the other day from one of my listeners telling me they really enjoyed the commercial I was in for Carpe. If you want to see that commercial before it airs on national TV, head on over to WLOAP.com, and there's a link in my website to where you can see the commercial that will be On TV, and that was a blast too. I will be talking to Casper and David from Carpe as well. So, yeah, we've got a lot of stuff going on in the show. Let me set you down for a second. There we go. All right, my friends, thank you so much for your time. And I will talk to you Friday. Take care, stay healthy, and do your best today to stay curious and not judgmental the best you can because I know that's what I'm trying to do. All right, peace.